Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show with William Kramer and my co-host Aaron Bontrager. We will cover local sports, including the NIC, the NLC conferences, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart counties. We also cover college and pro sports. Today we will talk about high school basketball, college basketball, the NFL, and the NBA. So we'll start with topic number one with Indiana High School Boys Basketball, the Northern Lakes Conference. All right, well, so I'm going to break, start off by breaking down the four conference games. Uh, the marquee game, the TV46 game of the week, number one Northwood went to Warsaw. Panthers got a huge win, 53-36. to As many of you probably know, this is the first win Northwood has had in the Tiger Den since December 2002, so... Quite a while. Cade Brenner led the way with 25 points. Ian Rosh added 11, and Brock Bontrager with 10 as well. The Panthers held a narrow margin at the end of one at 10 to 8. Uh, Cade Brenner got hot in the second quarter. He scored 10 points. Meanwhile, Jackson Gould was slowed down a bit with seven points and three fouls. And that was his kind of got in foul trouble there in the first half. At half, uh, Panthers were up 27-19. Jackson Gould would finish with 14. uh, But the Panthers would increase their margin to 11 by a score of 35-26 at the end of the third. And the Panthers never really let up in the fourth, and they showed why they're the number one team in 3A. Uh, Warsaw also had a game on Saturday night against the Elkhart Lions. The Tigers responded with the win, 58-33. to Couldn't find a lot of stuff on that game. Um, so, moving on to probably the more, the most exciting game of the week for the NLC. Number 13, Mishawaka, uh, traveled to Goshen, and Goshen pulled the upset in overtime, 47-44. to And they snapped Mishawaka's 11-game winning streak on another Goshen three-point shot at the buzzer, or near the buzzer, I should say. This time it was Gage Worthman's turn. Uh, not only did he get the game winner, but he came up really clutch in the overtime. He scored all of Goshen's eight points. And he scored one of the key plays on the game was uh, Ryan Eldridge was like in the high post. Worthman cut into the lane. Nice assist and finished by Worthman. And then he hit those two big threes to seal the win. So he led the way for the Red Hawks. He finished with a double-double, 15 points and 10, 10 rebounds. Deacon Hill had another solid game with 12 points and 4 assists. And Quinn Bechtel and Eldridge added 8 points apiece. Both of these guys played a pretty big role on the defensive end. Bechtel on the perimeter and Eldridge in the interior. I thought I thought Quinn Bechtel did a pretty good job slowing down Arthur Jones, and really the whole team did. They were aware of where he was at. They kind of forced Mishawaka to go somewhere else, um, and that person was Rashawn Johnson, who had a game high eighteen points to lead the Cavemen. Tommy Herringer and Arthur Jones chipped in with seven points apiece. Uh, just a quick. Little thing about the game, Mishawaka jumped out to an early 9-3 to lead, and they were playing without their starter, Brady Fisher. Uh, Goshen kind of got back into the game with the Wortham in three near the end of the first quarter buzzer, 
and that cut the score down to 14 to 12. Uh, the Ran- the Red Hawks really clamped down on defense in the second quarter. Uh, Mishawak only manufactured three points with many starters out of the second. So it's kind of interesting to see. I mean, I guess it's not interesting because this is what Mishawaka does. They they go to their bench for most of the second quarter. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not a coach, but I'm wondering if Coach Bender will rethink that strategy. I mean, it's worked so far until this game, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the Red Hawks scored 11 points in the second quarter, and nine of those points came from beyond the arc. Uh, Will Hirschberger had one. Deacon Hill had a 2-3 to before half. So the halftime score was 23-17 Goshen. The third quarter was a pretty back-and-forth defensive battle as Mishawaka outscored the Red Hawks 8-6. And uh, Eldridge basket to end the fourth kept Goshen up by four, 29-25. Uh, the offense picked up on both sides in the fourth quarter as Mishawaka outscored Goshen 14-10 to force the overtime as Maddox Yohi hit a big corner three. And that was after the Cayman were down as many as five in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, it was a pretty uh, exciting game. I got a chance to watch the Goshen High School broadcast. Some students, or one student was calling the game. Uh, anyways, I think this was a really good loss for Mishawaka because it shows them they still have some work to do before tournament time. And on the other end, what a confidence builder for this Goshen team. They have come up big in clutch moments this year. Uh, so, yeah, it was exciting for Goshen to get another big win. Goshen had to play Penn the following night. Uh, and like most teams in our area, they got blown out. Uh, Marcus Burton keeps adding to this historic season. You know, while I was, I've been following this Indiana High School Facebook group, mm-hmm. starting to see more and more mentions of Burton for Mr. Basketball for good reason. Absolutely. And uh, what a great win for Goshen, uh, beating a ranked Mishawaka squad and you mentioned I'm going to go back to the uh, Northwood win at uh, Warsaw. Yeah. Uh, that's a long time of not winning at someone else's place. Yeah. So huge win for Northwood, kind of getting that demon off their, their back. And obviously, uh, Mitch Walker will have to uh, kind of learn from that as they move mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next game that I watched, I guess it's the second game I watched, Plymouth on Northridge. Man, Pilgrims get a big road win in Middlebury, 51-48. If you look at the team stats, you would think Northridge got the win, but Plymouth really executed better and made a few more shots to win this game. Both teams took 39 field goal attempts. Plymouth made 17 to Northridge's 12. In fact, Plymouth only really won the overall shooting percentage the assists, and the foul battle. So, And there's something that kind of stood out to me as I was watching. Um, Plymouth really broke down the Raider press. Uh, the, Plymouth also had four players in double figures. Caden uh, Ellery with 12, Easton Strain with 11, Davis Ray and Colby Waters with 10 apiece. So they were moving the ball pretty well. Uh, Northridge was led by Cam Radiker, who actually came off the bench he had 16 points, and Alex Allenson with, had a 11 and 7, 11 points, 7 boards. 
Employment did a really good job limiting limiting, excuse me, the Bell brothers with fourteen points total for both of them combined. So yeah, Plymouth. I'm gonna fast forward to the, about a minute to go. So pretty back in. Or I'm sorry. I'm gonna go back to the second quarter. Uh, Plymouth was got a lead in the second quarter, nineteen to thirteen, and Northridge would go on eleven zero run. It was looking pretty good for the Raiders. Uh, a three by Mason Bales. You know, they got some free throws. Um, I think Cam Radiker also got to the line to push the lead to twenty three to nineteen. And that was their first lead since the middle of the first quarter. So Plymouth would stop that run on an offensive rebound put back by Easton Strain just before the half. So the halftime score was 23-21 Northridge. The third quarter is where Plymouth kind of got really back into the game. They were breaking down the press. were able to get some layups, putbacks. They were all over the boards too. I think Northridge won the rebounding battle, but they got some key rebounds in that quarter. Um, Northridge made a couple free throws to t- kind of keep the lead near the end of the quarter at 32-31. And, but Northridge only got two field goals in that quarter, so it was kind of a defensive struggle in some ways. Then you go to the, about a minute to go. Cam Radiker hit a big three as Plymouth was up by five. Uh, and that cut the game to 50-48. to 48. But Plymouth was in the bonus, and they were taking advantage of it. Got to the line. Trey Hall had a big three th- uh, free throw. Uh, the Raiders got a look at the before the buzzer, but it didn't go down. Plymouth survived 51-48 to 48 and get their first conference win and ended their five-game losing streak. Coach Joel Grinnell getting it done at Plymouth. That's a that's big, a, a big win, man. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you: uh, Is Coach Radiker feeling better? Is he back on the, oh, the yeah. sidelines? Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, so he was back. Uh, Noah Zamuda was back, so it looked like everyone was healthy for Northridge. They just they're just in the struggling, kind of struggling right now. Well, it's good news to hear that Coach is feeling better. Yeah, for sure. And then the game that, um, yeah, the, the last game, Wallace at Concord. Concord won 48-39. The Minutemen made it really tough for the Warrior shooters all night. Concord led 8-7 early at the end of one. They're up by six at half, and then they pushed their lead up to 11 at the end of the third. Wallace would get it to five with a Colin Robertson basket. And the score was 39-34 in the fourth. But that is close as Wallace would get. And Concord was led by a trio of nine-point scorers in this one. Jalen Bolin, Braden Messenger, and Davion Smith. The Warriors were led by Miles Irvingham with 12, and Maddox had 11. The Minutemen are now 7-1 in their last eight games. Coach Deshaun played 11 guys in this one, and it appears they wore down Wallace C to get their third conference win. Wow. Coach Deshaun and the Minutemen on a roll. Yeah. So they're kind of, they're the sole third or fourth place right now, I think. So looking ahead to this week, I'm going to make this kind of quick. So Northwood is now 14-2, and 5-0. They sit atop of the NLC. They face Concord on Thursday. And I believe they're going to get 
a step closer to that perfect conference season. They're playing up to the hype and buzz that they're getting here locally and around the state. They're locking people up on defense, and they can beat you inside and out. So uh, just a quick stat here. They're allowing just under 38 points a game, and they're scoring just under 60. So this is a pretty comfortable margin and kind of shows their dominance. I like them to beat Concord at home. Mishawak is now in second place, 14-3, and 4-1 overall. The Cavemen will travel to that uh, tough Tiger Den. This is the marquee game of the conference this week. I think Mishawak will need to move the ball a little better in this one if they want to beat the Tigers. Now credit to the Red Hawks, but Mishawak only had six assists in the loss. So they had to rely a lot on one-on-one action to score against Goshen. And also they're going to have to knock down the three-point ball a little better if they want a shot against Warsaw. Um, so third place, Warsaw is 10-7, and 3-2 overall. Like I said, they'll host Mishawaka. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how each team bounces back after a tough conference loss. Warsaw fought hard against Northwood. So they're going to be looking to get another conference win, bounce back as well. This feels like a toss-up game. Um, I'm not sure where I'm leaning right now. So I'm really excited to watch those two teams get together. And then in fourth place, we have... I'm sorry. I guess Concord's tied with Warsaw in third place right now. Uh, Concord's nine and seven, three and two overall in the conference. The men will have the privilege to try to do what no other NLC team has accomplished, and that is to beat Northwood. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't see that happening. You know, Con- Concord does have the second best uh, defense in the conference if you go by points allowed. However, Northwood's a different animal. And uh, Concord likely does not have the firepower on offense to keep this close in the second half. So, Aaron, uh, remember last year's crazy ending with Northwood at Concord? Yeah, and yeah. With the overtimes, like 52 to 50. Yeah, that was the Northwood loss, right? Uh, let me double check that. Uh, that was, yes, no, no, Northwood. Oh, they did? Northwood came back and won, but they forced overtime. Ooh, so. We'll see if they can yeah. create some more magic. Now, you said this is at Northwood? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, a little bit tougher at the pit. <laughs> yeah. All right, next in this, Danny's is Goshen, eight and seven. Two and three overall. Goshen will have one game this week on the road in Plymouth. This is a toss-up game, too. Another game I'm looking forward to. Uh, I like how Goshen has looked in their conference games. I think they get their third conference to win in a close game. It'll be an interesting matchup on the perimeter. Quinn Bechtel against Caden Ellery. Caden uh, Ellery kind of reminds me of Arthur Jones. Kind of a quick guard who can get to the rim, so... And then we go down to Northridge, who's 7-9, 1-4. You know, the Raiders may be the most, I don't want to use this word, but I guess I will, a desperate team right now to get a win in our area. They'll have two opportunities this week to get a win. They travel to Wallace C on Friday night. And after that result, one of those teams will stay at the bottom of the conference. So that'll be an interesting 
kind of a big game for both schools. And then Northridge will turn around on Saturday, host Jimtown. Uh, next in the standings, tied with Northridge is Plymouth, six and nine, one and four. The Pilgrims will host Goshen, like I mentioned. You know, they're, Goshen's coming in with a lot of confidence after beating two of the top three NLC teams in Warsaw and Mishawaka. I think this is a toss-up slide edge to my employer, the Goshen Redhawks. Um, yeah, so Plymouth, after that game, they'll host Westview on Saturday night. Uh, that'll be an interesting matchup. The Warriors are 10-4 and and Chandler Pribble's first year. And the night before, Westview will play number six, Wes Noble, who's 14-1 and heading into this week. So, you know, that could have an impact on the Plymouth and Westview game if Westview has to play a really top team in our area. So we'll see how that plays out. Mm, they week from Plymouth. Yeah, yeah. And then Wallace C, 6-11, 1-4. The Warriors went 1-2 and two this past week. So they did beat uh, the other games. Saw them lose a close one to Bethany Christian. That was last Tuesday night, fifty to forty nine. And then they fought off a pretty tough, feisty Lakeland team that tried to rally but fell up short. So Wallace won fifty three fifty Saturday night. Maddox Irving had nineteen points. Collins Zebarth had seventeen to lead the way. Yeah. So and they got Northridge uh, coming to town. You know, maybe a month ago, Northridge would probably be the favorite. I don't know how people see it now. I kind of feel like it's a toss-up game. Mm. Oh, I got to go Northridge being Wazzy, yeah. man. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I. I think that's going to happen too. I wouldn't be shocked, but I think Northridge. They're just in a really bad shooting slump, so we'll see if they can start hitting those shots they usually hit. And real quick, uh, talk about the Hoosier Plains team. So Bethany Christian, 12-5, 3-1 in their conference. And the Bruins were busy this past week. They had three games. They got better of all with C, like I mentioned. But they were upset by Elkhart Christian on Friday night. More on that a little later. And then Saturday night, they traveled to Oregon Davis and won 51-36. And they have a game actually Monday night. We're recording this Sunday. So tomorrow night, they play uh, Central Noble. So they this is their fifth game in 10 days. So kind of that, interesting. That Central Noble game will not be easy. Yeah. So uh, then Elkhart Christian, I want to just shout them out for knocking off Bethany. So they're five and eight, but they are two and two in their conference. Um, they're still alive. Well, I think there's only one more conference game for the Hoosier Plains, so they could potentially get second or tie for first. I believe uh, they started the week with a non-conference loss to Triton, and then they knocked off conference and crosstown rival Bethany 44-41 last Thursday. Bethany led 10 to 5 after one, but the Eagles held the Bruins to just five points in the second quarter. Bethany did make a run in the third, but ECA sealed it with good defense on the final two possessions and two free throws by Aiden Hibbard. And Hibbard led the Eagles in scoring. He had a big night with 28 points against Bethany. Uh, 
and then a, a night later, the Eagles beat Oregon Davis 58-45. So hopefully Coach Hibbert's club can use this momentum as they face bigger schools in Jimtown and Cherubusco this week. Okay, Errol, thank you for the Northern Lakes Conference notes for this past week action. I'm going to turn our attention to the Northern Indiana Conference. And we're going to start off with Penn. They're 16 and 1 overall, 7 and 0 in conference play. Uh, you know, Penn continues to roll as they beat St. Joe 86 69, Riley 76 61, and Goshen 80 to 41. Uh, Marcus Burton is making a case for Mr. Basketball, as you mentioned earlier, as he scored 44 against St. Joe, 37 <laughs> against Riley, and 30 against Goshen. Now this week, Penn hosts John Glenn, and Penn will win that game. Mishawaka, Marion, 16-2 overall, 5-1 in conference play. They beat John Glenn, 52-41 in Washington, 69-49. Marion held John Glenn's Bryson Hanna below his game average to just 13 points. Daglin had 13 points to lead the Knights. Uh, I went to the uh, Washington game, Aaron, mm-hmm. and uh, Daglin and Darion looked pretty good um, in that game. Uh, Marcus Norton got into early foul trouble within the first, I think, three or so minutes, uh, so he had to go to the bench for the rest of the first half. Uh, and what was a close game turned into a uh, pretty healthy uh, Marion lead. Uh, Washington struggled getting shots around the uh, basket, you know, high percentage shots Mm -hmm. against the zone and just did not shoot well from the perimeter. Uh, Marion rebounded really well. um, And I think that's one of the weaknesses of Washington. They're kind of a smaller guard heavy team. So when you play teams like a Marion who has some size, uh, they they just got pounded. Washington got pounded on the offensive glass by Marion. Uh, there were several sequences where it was shot, rebound, shot, rebound, shot, go in. And just it, it was a killer for the Panthers. The Knights played the Bremen Lions this week and will win that contest. South Bend, Washington, 14-3, season two overall in conference. As I mentioned, they lost to Marion, but they did bounce back after that loss the next evening to defeat Crown Point 54-48. The Panthers will host Riley in a big city game this coming week. Riley, Riley is an intriguing team in that uh, they're uh, young, and but they can score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their top five scorers are coming back next year. Sophomore guard Marvin Shin leads the team with 15 points per game. Mansell Hill and Jalen Barbera both average around 10 points apiece. Now for Washington, Marcus Northern is averaging 17 points per game. Stephen Reynolds, 16 points per game. And Eric Nozentelli, a senior, at 10 points per game. Uh, You know, I'm telling you, Washington and Riley will both be locked in for this game. I anticipate a large crowd at the Western Forum, and I expect a high-scoring affair Aaron, not much defense in this game. Uh, this will be a track meet, and I am I am guessing that the score will be in the seventies, if not even maybe the eighties. Looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> if you love offense, that is. 
St. Joe eight and nine overall. They're five and two in conference play. They lost to Penn, but they did beat New Prairie sixty-two forty-six. Now this week they host Clay, and earlier in the season St. Joe was scoring routinely in the eighties, and we were all thinking, "Wow, this team can put up a lot of points." But since that stretch, opposing coaches, credit to them, have done their homework and have really limited this Indians team to scoring now in the fifties and sixties. Now, Clay this season has shown improvement since that lopsided Marion loss. The past four games have been much better for the Colonials. It would not shock me, Aaron, if Clay keeps this a close game. Clay is Amir Harris, and that freshman Tyrese Jones continue to steer the ship. If Clay can defend well and limit St. Joe's big three of Chase, Jace, and Brashawn, I think Clay has a chance to win. However, I'm going with the Indians in a close game. It is a home game for St. Joe, and I think that plays a role. I think we'll see a lot of scoring in this game as well, perhaps in the 70s. South Bend Riley is 9-9 overall. They're 5-3 in conference play. They lost to Tippecanoe Valley 50-46. to You know, Riley's leading scorer Marvin Schindler did not play in this game for whatever reason. I don't know if he was sick or hurt, uh, but Mansell Hill and Brandon Williams picked up the uh, slack uh, in his absence and uh, with 15 and 13 respectively. Now Riley lost to Penn uh, this week. Riley goes on the road to Washington. Elkhart five and 11 overall and four and three in conference. They beat Jimtown 54 to 32. Demarion Anderson scored 14 points. Elkhart lost to Warsaw 58-33. Warsaw led 24-14 at halftime, so it was a close game. However, the Tiger defense flets their muscle in the second half, holding Alcart to just 19 points and stretch their lead. Alcart hosts New Prairie and Lake Central this week. I do like Alcart beating New Prairie. I think their athleticism will cause problems for the Cougars. However, I've got Lake Central, who is 11-5 and right now and playing pretty good basketball, beating Alcart. John Glenn, ten and seven overall, four and four in conference. They lost to Marion. Uh, Marion's Deglin and Darion did their thing, but Marion's depth was just too much. A solid showing though for the Falcons on the road against one of the better teams in Class Three A. John Glenn did bounce back to beat Adams, fifty-seven fifty-four. You know, Aaron, I'm not really sure what's going on with Coach Johnson's Adams team. Adams mm. team this year, they, for whatever reason, they were just not clicking. Uh, which is unchar- uncharacteristic of a, a, a Johnson-led team. Uh, but <clears throat> Joseph Shrap-Louis uh, led John Glenn with 14 points. Chase Miller chipped in with 13. And Noah Dredd-Base uh, scored 11. I apologize if I said that wrong. I probably did. Uh, that's a big win for John Glenn. And this week, John Glenn plays at Penn. South Bend Clay eight and seven overall, three and five in conference. Clay beat Bremen seventy to forty six. Amir led all scorers with twenty one points. Clay beat uh, Highland fifty, or I'm sorry, seventy five to forty seven. Uh, Aiden Kent led the Colonial with thirteen points. A good week for Clay as they now have matched last year's win total of eight. And this week Clay plays at St. Joe and hosts. South and career. I think Clay should be career, not their ninth win of the season. 
South Bend Adams is five and eight overall. They're two and five in conference. They beat Bremen 53-48. You know, Aaron, I'm surprised that this game was that close. Mm. But a win nonetheless. Adams lost to John Glenn. Uh Glenn was up 34 to 15 at halftime. A huge fourth quarter by Adams made the final score more respectable. Uh, but once for that fourth quarter, it would have been a lopsided game. This week, Adams plays at Victory Christian. A lot of folks may not know who that is. It's a uh, private school in the Valparaiso area. Uh, they are not a IHSAA member, uh, so they can't participate in the tournament. Um, but uh, they Adams will host Gemtown and Portage. I'm sorry, they host Gemtown, and they're at Portage. So a busy week for Adams as they have three games this week. Um, Victory Christian plays in the South Shore Conference. Uh, they're 15-4 this year. Uh, they're, they're a decent team. Uh, mm-hmm. They played Mishawaka very tough, only lost by three points. They also played uh, a couple of other IH, IHSAA school, like Ileana Christian. They lost to them and Marquette Catholic as well. You know, it feels like Adams should win this game, but I'm going to go with Victory Christian. I think their skill and shooting will be the difference. I like Adams beating Jimtown, though. The Jimmies have struggled to play against athletic teams, uh, and they've had some bad losses already to, like, Washington, Riley, and Elkhart. So I think Portage will beat Adams. Uh, Portage is 12-5, and and all their losses are to some solid teams. Let's move on to New Prairie. They're five and nine overall, two and five in conference. Uh, the Cougars beat New Boone Grove seventy-five to sixty-two. They lost to St. Joe and beat South Central Union Mills sixty-three fifty-four. Uh, two non-conference wins for New Prairie, Boone Grove, and South Central have a combined seven wins. So I don't know if that really stands for much, mm-hmm. but uh, New Prairie has to win games. They should win, and that's exactly what they did. Now, this week, New Prairie plays Elkhart and Wheeler. New Prairie should beat Wheeler. The Bearcats have only won three games this season. Uh, and interesting enough, Wheeler is coached by former Plymouth assistant Byron Faustich. Uh, New Prairie will get their sixth win of the season after that win over Wheeler. Bremen, 0-14 and 0-6 in conference. They lost to Adams and Clay. This week, the Lions host Marion and Oregon Davis. Now, Aaron Bremen has a great chance, I think, to not your first win of the season against OD. Uh, mm. And I'm picking Bremen to do exactly that. I think it'll be a great chance to celebrate, feel good about themselves, yeah. uh, and get that first victory. Jimtown is 2-13 and 13 overall, 0-7 in conference. They lost to Washington and Elkhart. This week, the Jimmies go on the road to face Elkhart Christian, Adams, and Northern. So they'll be packing up their bags quite a bit <laughs> this week. Both Jimtown and Elkhart Christian have a big win on their schedule. Jimtown's win, of course, was Concord. Uh, that Concord win is looking better and better now that Concord is 9-7. and seven. And mm-hmm. Elkhart Christian recently knocked up Bethany Christian, as you mentioned earlier. The Bruins are 12-5. and five. Both Jimtown and Elkhart Christian have good losses. Jimtown played Knotts and Goshen tough, while Elkhart Christian played Westview and LaVille tough. Jimtown is led by Jackson Clapson, uh, and Elkhart Christian is led by Aiden Hibbard. Jimtown and Elkhart Christian share one common opponent, and that is Triton. 
Jimtown played the Trojans close while Elkhart Christian got blown out. And for that reason, I think I'm going to go to, with Jimtown. I think they're going to be hungry for a win, and it should be a great game. Now, Northridge beat Goshen, and Jimtown lost to Goshen. For that reason alone, I'm going to pick your Northridge Raiders uh, <laughs> to beat Jimtown. Um the Raiders, uh, well, I think the Raiders will go on a run as they hit a key stretch of winnable games here. Uh, just too many offensive weapons for Northridge. Uh, okay, did, did I get through all the games? I think I did. All right, let's look at the Will and Aaron Show top 10 boys basketball rankings with number 10, St. Joe, number 9, Goshen, 8, John Glenn, Riley is at seven, Warsaw six, Mishawaka five, Washington four, third is Marion, second is Northwood, and number one is Penn. Aaron, your reactions to our most recent rankings for boys basketball? No, I think they're pretty fair. I like uh, Goshen jumping in as you've put in our show notes here that they're two and two versus the top 64 and they were kind of replaced Northridge in a sense. So yeah, I like, I think it's a solid list. The top looks similar, which those teams are going to be hard to hard to knock off the top two spots. So what do you notice about our list? Yeah, great input. Uh, Riley was the biggest mover. They jumped up two okay. spots from nine to seven. Um, and then John Glenn was bumped down one. Um, Riley, really, it's is all about Riley's strength and schedule. Uh, and they, I mean, they lost to Penn, but it was not a huge, huge blowout. So I think that kind of raised some eyebrows a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take our first break. And when we return, we're going to talk about Indiana High School Girls Basketball. You can listen to the Will and Aaron Show podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Follow us on Twitter at Will Aaron Show. You can follow the Will and Aaron Show Facebook page where you can interact by commenting, liking, sharing, and reviewing our podcast. Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show. Let's talk about the Northern Lakes Conference Girls Basketball Slate. All right, so I'm going to work my way from the conference champs on down to the last place in the league. So Warsaw, as we mentioned, they got the banner this year for the NLC championships. They went 17-5 undefeated in the conference. They're now ranked number 14 in the Class 4A AP pool and number 17 in the big uh, coaches pool. Uh, the Lady Tigers ended their great regular season with a narrow win against Elkhart, 58-55 on last Tuesday night. Jocelyn Bricker led the way with 20 points and hit two huge free throws to seal the deal. A lot of free throws deciding games um, this week, I guess. Uh, uh, Joss, or I'm sorry, Brooke Winchester added 14 and 10, a double double. Brooks Zarman also added 10 points. Coach Krebs believes this was a good game for them to show his girls that they have some work to do. And he was referring to 20 turnovers in that game. So Elkhart's defense was uh, forcing some turnovers. And then their game against Huntington North was canceled. I think that was the night where the weather was pretty bad around here. 
So Warsaw will be playing Concord in the Concord sectional on Tuesday night, and they will likely advance pretty comfortably. All right, Northridge, 19-5, and five, uh, number 19 in the IBCA pool. The Lady Raiders finished the regular season with a pretty comfortable win over Plymouth, 61-29. And Northridge has a date with the Lady Kingsmen in Game 1 of the Concord sectional. This will be a big game to start the sectionals around here. Oh, can't wait for that <laughs> one, Aaron. Yeah, it should be a, should be a, hopefully a close game. Highly competitive. Uh, next up, Wallacee, who finished the season at 511-11. The Lady Warriors finished the regular season with a tough loss to Tippy Valley, 47-35. Now, they did have the lead at half by 2, 18-16, but Tippy Valley really out, outscored them in the second by a score of 41-18. Now, the Warriors were led by Olivia Horn with 12 points and Caden Shepard with 8. And Wallace C opens up with familiar foe, conference rival Northwood on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Yeah, so that should be another interesting game. Yes, it should be. Two teams with history. Yeah. Some bad blood, maybe. Or Perhaps. He- healthy, healthy rivalry. <laughs> uh, the Northwood, speaking of Northwood, they're... Uh, finished in fourth place here. I guess now they're tied with Goshen and Plymouth at three and four. So Northwood, the Black Swish, finished the season thirteen and ten. Uh, they won against South and Riley pretty comfortably, fifty-two to eighteen. And like I mentioned, they're going to be taking on Wallacea at Fairfield High School. Uh, the Lady Panthers lost at Wallacea in the regular season by seven. So it feels like a toss-up game to me. I'm not. I'm just now learning the girls' side of it. So uh, now we have Goshen, who finished 12 and 10. Uh, they finished with a pretty big win over Mishawaka, 51 to 38, and they kind of get a week off as they await, or not a week off, maybe a night off. They await Penn or Northridge in the Concord sectional, so they play later this week. Uh, the Lady Redhawks were outscored by 29 points by Northridge in the regular season, and they haven't faced Penn this year yet. So either game, either team will be tough for Goshen. Um, Plymouth finished nine and thirteen. The Lady Pilgrims will take on South Bend Riley on Wednesday at Plymouth. Feels like Plymouth will advance in that one. Uh, Mishawaka finished 500 as well. They're 11 11. Their draw was unkind. They they will get eliminated, unfortunately, by Washington on Tuesday night. I think we mentioned that last episode. And finally, Concord finished five and seventeen. Uh, they ended the regular season with the win over Prairie Heights by a score of fifty three to thirty five. Concord also have a tall task in facing conference champs Warsaw in round one of their own sectional. And they just met a couple weeks ago on January 21st, and they were outmatched by the Lady Tigers. And I don't really see that changing as Warsaw will advance. Okay, well, thank you for the NLC uh, recap there. Uh, Let's turn our attention to the Northern Indiana Conference for Girls Basketball. 
uh, in the coaches poll, uh, number one, Washington, uh, they're 23-0 and and 11-0 and in conference play. They beat Crown Point and La Lemire with ease. Next up is Mishawaka at the Plymouth sectional. Uh, in the AP poll, Class 3A, 8th-ranked Marion. They're 19-5 overall, 10-1 in conference. They beat John Glenn, 70-35. Marion hosts Jimtown in the sectional. I've got Marion beating the Jimmies. Penn is 16 and 6, 9 and 2 in conference play. They beat Clay 59 to 8. Penn plays Northridge at the Concord Sectional. You know, you might recall that last year, Penn lost to Northridge in a regular season, but got revenge in a sectional. The last time Penn did not win a sectional was in the 2016 2017 season, where they lost to, of course, none other than Northridge. Penn is ranked higher than Northridge in the Sagarin ratings and has performed better against the top 25 teams than the Raiders. Coach Springer has won 325 games, and Coach Ulrich has 312 games. We're talking about two really good coaches here. Mm-hmm. Coach Springer, however, is only 4-16 and 16 all-time against Penn, and Coach Ulrich is 13-4 all-time versus Coach Springer while at, uh, uh, in that matchup. Northridge is led by senior guard Eva Fishers at 15 points per game, and Penn is led by sophomore guard Jess, Jessica Troy, 14 points per game. Uh, Penn has experience in the state tournament. Uh, Northridge has not moved beyond the first game of the sectional since the 2016-2017 season, which kind of is surprising for how good yeah. Northridge, how consistently good in Northridge's program has been. Uh, they just have not had good luck in draws and they've, they've not been able to move past that first game. Um, in fact, the last time, uh, they moved on beyond the first game was in the 2016, 2017 season when they lost to Homestead in the semi state. However, you know what, Aaron? I'm going to pick Northridge in a close game. It's difficult to beat the same team twice and Northridge had a, a lot of history to overcome. But it feels like if there's a year to be pinned, it could be this year. Penn's local dominance has ended with Washington's run of dominance right now. But other programs in this area, it just kind of feels like they're catching up with the Lady Kingsmen. So it feels like Penn is more vulnerable than in past years. So it was it was a toss-up for me for a long time. But what kind of turned the tide toward Northridge was the fact that Northridge beat Fort Wayne Carroll by two earlier in the year, whereas Penn recently lost to Fort Wayne Carroll by 22. So, going to pick your Northridge Raiders. Elkhart is 13-9 overall and 8-3 in conference play. They lost to Warsaw, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, Elkhart's pressure defense caused many problems for, for Warsaw. This was a close game throughout. If the sectional semifinal, Aaron, is anything like what we just saw this past week between the two teams, uh, I think the fans are in for a treat. Obviously, both teams will have a week to prepare for the rematch. The edge goes to Warsaw because now they have seen Elkhart, and I think Warsaw will win the rematch and take better care of the ball. So I like Warsaw beating Elkhart twice in the past two weeks. Adams is 11-11 and overall, 7-4 in conference play. Adams beat Bremen 47-43. 
the Eagles will play the winner of Mishawaka and Washington. 11 wins is the most Adams has in a season since they won 16 in the 2016-2017 campaign. Uh, good season for Coach Huff and the Lady Eagles. I think they got to feel proud for what they did this season. New Prairie is 13-8 and eight overall, 5-6 and six the conference. They beat Mishawaka 56-47. Morgan White scored 14 points. The 13 wins is the most since the 2013-14 season when New Prairie won 14 games that year. New Prairie will face the winner of Marion and Jimtown in the Marion sectional. Bremen is 7-14 overall. They're 5-6 in the conference. They lost to Adams. They will host... Rochester, who was 11-12 in the sectional. Bremen has played a tougher schedule than Rochester, and there's a common opponent in that they both have faced Tippecanoe New Valley, and Rochester played the Vikings tougher, whereas Bremen got blown out. I'm taking Rochester, the Zebras. John Glenn is 8-14 overall, 4-7 in conference play. They lost to Marion. They do play Culver Academy, who is 13-10 in the Bremen sectional. Now, John Glenn has a tall task to beat Culver, and the Lady Falcons were uh, very young this year. They return almost all their scoring for next season. And I think Aaron, their future is bright, even if they may not beat Culver Academy in the sectional. Jimtown is 9-13 overall, 3-8 in conference play. They lost to Triton, but did beat Trinity Greenlawn. The Jimmies play Marion in the sectional. Marion defeated Jimtown in the regular season by 30 points. Jimtown's nine wins is the most in the program since 2010 and 11 season when Gene Johnson was the head coach. So a solid year for Coach Williams. All five starters return for next year, including their leading scorer in Justice Williams. Jimtown played better in the second half of the season, winning seven out of their last 12 games. A winning season next year is not out of the question. It will be interesting, Aaron, to see if they can make this Marion game a little bit closer than the regular season. Of course, we all know that Marion will win this game, but I'm looking forward to see what kind of improvement Jimtown can showcase in the sectionals. Coach Williams, I know uh, Shantae well enough to know that she will have her team ready to go. And I, I know that the, they will play hard all the way to the final horn. St. Joe is four and twenty overall, three and eight in conference play. They beat Lighthouse CPA sixty four to seven. Play they play Clay in the Marion sectional. Now Marion will beat Clay to advance to the championship game. Will they will await the winner of Jimtown, Marion, and New Prairie. Uh, I'm sorry, I think I said the wrong thing. Uh, St. Joe will beat Clay uh, to advance to the championship. So they got a good draw, St. Joe did. Um, The Indians are relatively young. Uh, They will lose their leading scorer in Peyton Hall uh, for next year. But uh, they should be in the championship game. That is St. Joe once again. Clay is 7-15 overall. They're 1-10 in conference play. They lost to Penn, but beat Class 1A Hamilton's 48-14. to uh, The Colonials play St. Joe in the Marion sectional. Clay brings back almost all of their scoring next year, and they should be able to build on the, the seven wins from this year uh, and be more, a little more competitive next season. 
Now, Riley is 3-19 overall. They're 0-11 in conference play. They lost to Michigan City and Northwood this past week. They do play Plymouth at the Plymouth sectional, and I've got Plymouth winning that game. Other teams in St. Joseph, Elkhart County, let's first look at Class 3A, number 7, Fairfield, who's 22-2. They beat Bethany Christian 50-26. to Now, I think this game was a little bit close in the first half, but uh, I think Fairfield showed why they are uh, – the team they are, the dominant team they are, and they pulled away in that second half. Uh, they did beat West Noble 76 to 16. Of course, they played the same team, West Noble, in the Fairfield sectional semifinal. So not only do they host their own sectional, but they got probably the best draw in the sectional. When you got to play one game and you're automatically in the championship game. Class 1A, fifth rate, Bethany Christian, 19 and 3. Uh, poll voters did not punish the Bruins for a tough schedule. In fact, Bethany moved up three spots in the most recent poll. The Bruins play, uh, the host Fort Wayne Blackhawks and the Fort Wayne, uh, sectional. Bethany recently beat Fort Wayne Blackhawks 42-26. And these two teams happen to be the only teams in that, that sectional with winning records. And I like Bethany to win and move on. Now, it's been a magical season for Coach Parson and the Lady Bruins. Bethany has not won a sectional. It's been a little bit since mm-hmm. 2015-2016 season. Uh, they lost to Argus uh, in the regional morning game that, that year. Let's look at the top 10 for the Will and Aaron show for girls. Uh, at number 10, Northwood. 9, Bethany Christian. 8, New Prairie. 7, is Elkhart. Sixth is Marion. Fifth is Penn. Fourth, Northridge. Third, Fairfield. Second, Warsaw. And number one, Washington. Aaron, your thoughts on our top ten? Yeah, it's a good list. Looks like a lot of a lot of a lot of teams from both conferences, and you know, you got Bethany in here and Fairfield, of course. So, and I'm I'm excited. I haven't really dug into girls basketball. So this will be fun to see how it looks on the tournament side. Yeah. The new tournament uh, format too. It's going to be interesting to see how these local teams do with that. Absolutely. Now our top 10 looks the same as last week's top 10 because it is the same. So there's there's no uh, movement this week. Let's uh, move on to topic number three, college basketball, NAIA, and Division One. Let's start off with Goshen College, Aaron. Well, well, the Maple Leafs finally got their first conference win. So on Thursday All right. night, yeah. So last Thursday night, they beat Taylor uh, 72-65, and that was a home game for Goshen. They had they only had a six point lead at half. Uh, Greg Johnson late three helped propel them to the win, and Johnson led Goshen College in scoring with seventeen points off the bench. But the Maple Leafs couldn't make it two in a row as they fell to number sixteen Marion, ninety two eighty seven. Uh, Goshen trailed big in the first half. Uh, Goshen did have a sixteen zero run in the second half, but they couldn't really cut the game or cut the lead to closer than 17. So this week, Goshen will travel to St. Francis and Fort Wayne on Wednesday night. And 
And they will also travel to Ohio to take on Mount Vernon Nazarene University uh, this Saturday. So it's exciting. They got their first conference win, I'm sure. Uh, that's going to be a big momentum builder for them this offseason, hopefully even the rest of the season. And then IUSB continue to do pretty well. They're 16-6, and 11-3 in their conference, and they picked up two wins this past week. One of them came against conference foe Judson University on the road uh, by a score of 78-66. Uh, South Bend native Dejan Barney had a big double-double, 25-14 and 14 to lead the Titans. And then the last Saturday... IUSB hung on to win a close one in Ohio against the Kent State Satellite School by a score of 61-57. to In that game, Tracy Miles led the way with 15 points. This week, IUSB will be back in the CCAC play as they will travel to Olivet Nazarene University on Wednesday night. And then they'll host Cardinal Stritch University on Saturday. You know, the Olivet game will be big for standings as ONU is a win ahead of IUSB for second place. And Roosevelt is now in sole first place. And San Xavier and ONU are tied for second. And IUSB is in third place in that conference. So that was a big win for IUSB and a big week coming up. Yeah. Let's... Look at Bethlehem University. They're 15 and 8 overall. They're 7 and 6 in the conference. They beat Spring Arbor 112 to 82. Drew Lutz led the way with 32 points. Pilots made 52% of their threes. Now, however, that hot shooting turned cold against Huntington as they lost 88 to 74. Bethel shot 37% from the field and just 30% from three. Lutz did lead the Pilots with 27 points. Now, Bethel has a tough week coming up as they host number 16, Marion, and number 6, Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, Bethel needs to win one of these, it feels like, to strengthen their resume and increase their chance of receiving an at-large bid to the NAI tournament. So we'll see if they can do that. Notre Dame is 10-12 and 12 overall and 2-9 and nine in conference play. They lost to NC State on the road, 85-82. Dane Goodwin hit a buzzer-beater three to narrow the final score. Ryan Carmat led the Irish with 19 points. Now, they did have 15 turnovers to just two turnovers to NC State, and that proved to be a major factor in the game. So a tough road loss could easily be 11-11 and 11 right now and 3-8 and eight in conference, but uh, just did not get the job done there. However, the Irish just salvaged the week with a nice win at home versus Louisville, 76-62. Notre Dame only had three turnovers, so they took better care of the ball while also forcing 12 turnovers for Louisville. J.J. Starling paced the Irish with 22 points, and, and this uh, week Notre Dame will host Wake Forest with the only game that they play this week. Now, Wake Forest is a middle-of-the-pack uh, team in the ACC. They're 14-8 overall and probably favor, should be favored to beat the Irish. How about them Hoosiers, Aaron? Ooh, man. What a big week. So IU is now 15-6, and 6-4 six, six and four in the Big Ten. The Hoosiers on a five-game winning streak in conference play. They started 1-4 and four in Big Ten play. 
And now they've reeled off five wins in a row. Last Thursday, IU survived a defensive battle in the barn. They outlasted Minnesota 61-57. TJD had 25-21. and 21. A 2020 game to help the Hoosiers escape Minnesota with the win. And in that one, Coach Woodson was out recovering from COVID. Associate head coach Yasir Rosemond took over the duties for that game. And then more recently, uh, Saturday night, the Hoosiers returned to Assembly Hall, put a nice beat down on the Buckeyes, 86-70. to 70. Jalen Hood-Shafino had six triples in the first half. Uh, so, yeah, that gave IU a really nicely a half, 46-30. to 30. Uh, TJD, Trace Jackson Davis had a solid game with 18 and 10 and 6 assists. The, another freshman, Malik Renew, also had a big game with 15 and 9. And they held Ohio State to two players in double figures. So freshman Bryce Sensabaugh and junior Zed Key led the way for the Buckeyes. So looking ahead for IU, this is a big week. Um, so they'll face Maryland on the road. Last day of January, and then they host their bitter rival and current number one Purdue Boilermakers. This will be a must-watch for many fans, not just here in Indiana, but I think the nation will probably tune into that one. Both games are going to be tough. I hope IU doesn't look ahead to Purdue because I the Terps can still beat IU. What are your thoughts, Will? Yeah, I agree with that assessment. Uh, you you got to take one game at a time. Uh, Maryland is a solid program, a solid team. Uh, I believe their record is 14-7. They're like 5-5 in conference, so they have to take care of business first. If they could beat Maryland on the road, they'll be 7-4 in conference, IU that is, uh, 16-6 overall. Then you turn your full attention to Purdue. And what what a game, what an environment that is going to be uh, for that game. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think anybody's going to catch Purdue uh, to win the regular season title. Um, but, uh, you know, I think at this point, IU is playing for a better seed for the Big Ten tournament in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're IU, that's important because if you can run off two, maybe even three wins in the Big Ten tournament, and and still loses a Big Ten tournament, that's two or three more wins that that, uh, can pad the resume. And I still don't feel really confident about IU making the tournament, although I think Joe Lenardi has him in there. Uh, But if they can beat Maryland, I'll feel better. And then we'll see what they do at Assembly Hall. That, That place will be rocking for sure. Uh, I'm sure it's the primetime game on ESPN. Um, if not, it'll it'll definitely be on one of the big channels. Um, and we'll see how we'll see how close they are to the number one team in the in the country. Mm-hmm. Looking but, forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Speaking of the number one team in the country, Purdue, they're twenty one and one and ten and one in conference. Uh, they beat Michigan seventy five seventy. Zach Eady scored 19 points, and Fletcher Lawyer had 17. Uh, give Michigan credit for making this a competitive game. Uh, I, I don't think Purdue played as sharp as they usually do. They they had quite a bit of turnovers, 14, that is. 
um, during that game. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, they had they forced 14 turnovers against Michigan State, the team they just beat 77 61. So they uh, turned up the temperature on defense for sure. Now, Zach Eady dominated. Uh, I think he really put his name mm-hmm. on the map after this game, as if people didn't know him already. <laughs> but he scored 38 points and had 13 rebounds against a Coach Izzo team. That's hard to do. Uh, Sparty just had no answer for the big guy. Uh, Purdue hosts Penn State and then goes on the road to Indiana. Uh, the Hoosiers will have to uh, figure out how to deal with Zach Eady, but you know what? TJD. TJD and Zach Eady. What a matchup that's going to be. Can yeah. not wait. Aaron, what are your thoughts on yeah, the, uh, the Purdue yeah, I mean, and Indiana game? I, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. I did not see Zach Eady turning into this type of player. But, I mean, he does. I guess he's worked hard and done a lot of work since last year. I know last year he was kind of not the main guy, so to speak. So. Yeah, I, this game is going to be epic. I hope it lives up to how I'm building it up in my head. I'm, I'm hoping IU can knock them off. Yeah, we'll see. You know, both the Hoosiers and Boilermakers have a what you would call a trap game before the big game. Yeah. And Purdue has to be very careful. That Penn State Nittany Lions team can be sneaky good. Uh, just ask the Hoosiers. <laughs> Uh, and uh, if they're not careful, that could be a closer game than, than Purdue wants it to be. So, uh, But I think they'll take care of business with Penn State. Matt Painter is a great coach. He will not allow the team to be distracted and look ahead to, to the Hoosiers. Now, we have not talked women's ba- college basketball uh, at all during this podcast this, this year, but uh, I, I think it's time we... Talk a little bit about women's college basketball, Aaron, because we've got some great teams in the Hoosier State. Yeah. And let's first start off with the Indiana women's basketball team. They are sixth in the nation currently, um, and they're 21 overall. Uh, they're 10-1 in the conference. They just beat number two ranked Ohio State in front of a record crowd of 50,000. 10,000. <laughs> 500-plus fans packed in the Assembly Hall. That's great for women's basketball, uh, especially for the Indiana program there. Mackenzie Holmes is a senior, is a big reason for the Hoosiers' success. She's averaging 22 points a game. And this week, IU goes on the road to Minnesota, which they should be, and then Purdue. That's a big, big game for IU. Indiana currently is projected to be a number one seed, uh, which means they will host their uh, first game or so, I believe. Now, Notre Dame also ranked, and I forgot to look at this up, but I think they're a top 10 team. Uh, maybe, Aaron, you can fat up me yeah. on that. Uh, but they are the Lady Irish are 17-3 and three right now. They're 8-2 and two in the ACC. Now, they were upset today, and they lost to NC State, who was ranked 20th in the country, 69-65. to 
So, um, unfortunate loss there for uh, the lady um, Irish. Uh, oh, Notre Dame's ranked seventh in the country. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, this week, the Irish play Boston College. They should beat uh, them, and they play Duke. Uh, now, Duke and Notre Dame are tied in the ACC for first place. Um, and Notre Dame is projected to be a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that Duke-Notre Dame game is a big one. Uh, probably will determine the regular season ACC champion. Let's look at Purdue. Uh, they're having a pretty decent season for themselves. They're 15 and 6 overall, 6 and 5 in the Big Ten. Uh, they had a big week this past week. They beat two ranked teams, 22nd ranked Illinois and 2nd ranked Ohio State. You know, it kind of feels like Ohio State will drop pretty big in yeah. the rankings. They're on a three-game losing streak right now, the Buckeyes. Um, big week for Purdue. Uh, they should receive votes this week. Uh, Purdue plays Indiana Nuts at Mackey Arena. So only one game for the Boilermakers. Indiana, or Purdue, I should say, rather, is projected to be the last four in in the NCAA tournament. So they got some work to do. They do. They do. And they could somehow pull off a, a big upset against the Lady uh, Hoosiers, then I think that would get them in the tournament. All right, let's take our, take our second break, and when we return, we'll talk about some of the NFL playoff reactions. If you are enjoying our podcast and want to donate, please find the donation link in our show notes. Any donation, no matter how small, will make a big difference in helping us bring you better quality podcast shows. Welcome back to the Will and Air Show. Let's talk about NFL playoff reactions. There are, of course, only two games today. Uh, San Francisco uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Aaron, I don't know if you were able to watch much of this game, but uh, I watched the entire game, and San Francisco, talk about a bad game to have some injuries. Uh, sure. Their quarterback room was hit big time. Uh, Purdy, uh, while he was throwing, I think it was in the first half, uh, he hurt his wrist, and he was forced out of the game. And then the backup quarterback, Johnson, he got hurt a couple of series once he was in, yeah. uh, and he had a concussion, so he did not return. And that forced a, uh injured Purdy to go back on the field. Uh, and the 49ers, of course, they just play, uh, they called run plays most of the time, or they did pass it with short passes. And I think the 49ers knew that. Um, the Eagles knew that, the defense. So they had press coverage on the receivers. Uh, they packed the uh, box, just mm-hmm. daring Purdy to throw deep. And, of course, they knew that he couldn't do that. So uh, just unfortunate. It kind of snowballed into the defensive side because they just couldn't hold the Eagles anymore. And it, and it quickly went downhill for the San Francisco team. Yeah, that's, uh, that's go ahead. Yeah, really in- Kind of disappointing. I was hoping that'd be a an interest a closer game, of course. So not a great and not a great ending to the 49ers season. 
Yeah, and, and for the fans too. I mean, it's kind of selfish to say that, but for from the fans' perspective, you want to see two great teams because you know that's what the conference championship is all about—getting the two best teams in there. And then when you have something like that happen, it just makes me think what a healthy San Francisco team could have done. And I think that would have been a much closer game. Now, uh, the other game is the Bengals and uh, the Chiefs. And as of this recording, they're currently in the fourth quarter with about 10 minutes to go. And this is a great game, Aaron. It's 20-20. The Chiefs are driving uh, at the Cincinnati 40-yard line. Uh, I can't wait to watch the rest of this game. Who who do you think wins this game? Oh, man. I think all week I was thinking the Bengals would win. But... I was watching a little of the, earlier in the game. It looked like Bengals' offensive line was struggling, but I didn't watch much past the first quarter. So it's looking okay. like it's going to come down the wire, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I picked the Bengals. So I'm going to stick with my Bengals and uh, see if they can yeah. complete the comeback. Now, if if fans were if fans recall here. Uh, this is the same matchup we had in the last year's conference championship, and Kansas City was up bigger last year at halftime, mm. and then somehow the Bengals came back. So, uh, will we see a repeat of last year where the Bengals come back to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium? We'll we'll see how that uh, turns out there. Uh, you know, I think this is interesting. I looked this up. There are currently uh, a couple of college former college football players, teams that we cover, that are on the active roster for the teams that are in the conference championship. So Notre Dame's Ian Book, remember him? Yeah, Quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he's currently on the roster, active roster for the Philadelphia Eagles. I didn't even know that. So he'll be playing. will be on the Super Bowl roster. He will be on the Super Bowl roster. It's pretty cool. It, it, yeah. Uh, and then Purdue's Marcus Bailey, he's a, he was a linebacker back then. Uh, he's on the active roster of the Cincinnati Bagels. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm going to have to look out for Marcus Bailey. Yeah. Uh, this is totally random. I did not know until today. I was working out, pumping some iron in the weight room. And I happened to see on uh, YouTube that the SFL is in the third week. I didn't even know there was SFL. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I, Did you know that? You know, I saw a commercial a few months ago, but okay. yeah, I, didn't, I didn't realize it started already. I looked up, uh, I was looking up, the as I was working out, I was looking up the rosters. I was so fascinated by that. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any, there are several Notre Dame, Indiana, Purdue, even Ball State grads that play college football that are on there oh, okay uh remember uh Cobbs from indiana wide receiver yeah Jimmy Cobbs. he's playing sfl uh tracy scales mm-hmm. uh from indiana linebacker yeah, he's yeah. on there um notre dame uh i can't remember the names are escaping me but they they got uh i think one of the notre dame tight end is okay. uh, playing sfl uh, so that, that's interesting to see that if, even if you can't make the NFL, how there are multiple ways to play professionally. The yeah. SFL, uh, what's that league that's starting soon in the spring? 
Um, um, yeah, I just saw that commercial today too. Um, yeah, but that's starting now. USFL. Or? Yeah, the USFL. Now it feels like to me the USFL is a bigger deal than the this SFL. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Because they actually air the USFL games on national TV. Mm-hmm. Maybe ESPN might have the SFL. I don't know. I've I haven't watched. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's enough of uh, football. Let's turn to our last topic with Aaron, our NBA expert here. <laughs> He's going to talk some Bulls and Pacers, and then of course our five seven four segment. All right, so running with the Bulls, uh, more of the same with Chicago. They went one and three this week. They lost their uh, first game of the week to Indiana, and then they lost to Charlotte. But they did beat a pretty young and interesting team, the Orlando Magic, one twenty-eight to one hundred nine. In this game, both DeRozan and Zach Levine had thirty-two points apiece, and uh, Vucevic had twenty-six and thirteen in the paint. So. The Bulls fall to 23 and 26. And, and the Wizards had a pretty good week, so they jumped them in the standings. So the Bulls are now on the outside looking in of the playoff play in game, I should say. The Bulls are in 11th place. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly with the Pacers. So I'm going to start with the unsure. So Miles Turner, the center, and the Pacers agree to a two year. Uh, 60 million in total contract extension. So it's kind of confusing because because the Pacers have a pretty big salary cap right now. They actually just added 17 million point 17.1 million to his current contract, which is the most in NBA history to add on in a season. So it looks like I don't know. I feel like most people will read this as Miles Turner will be here for a while. Uh, to be fair to him, he's had a really good season playing to Tyrese Halliburton. He's having a career high in points per game, field goal percentage, and even three-point percentage. For me as a fan, I think it gives us flexibility so we could trade him. Um, I mean, we still could trade him, but I don't know. I feels like he's kind of be here for a couple more years, which... Might not be a bad thing. Uh, the good, they beat the Bulls, so and the Pacers are still in the playoff picture. Uh, I think they dropped to the ninth place position. I, I probably should check that. Uh, the bad, they lost to Orlando and, and the uh, and the Milwaukee Bucks pretty badly, and they also lost to Memphis. Just as we're recording this, the ugly. So in those two Orlando and Milwaukee losses, they gave up 126 and 141 points. Ooh, that was Yeah, defense is lacking right now. And yeah, you can't win you can't win any basketball game with you give up that many points. So Remember back in the day when the Ultra game we were in awe when the yeah. Ultra scored like 120 points, 130 points. We were like, they played on defense. <laughs> Nowadays in the NBA on a, in a regular season game, you can yeah. see 140. I just saw 140 points the other day. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, do they not play defense? Like, that's inc- that's insane. So uh, I just looked at the standings for the NBA since you asked, and the Pacers astonishingly went from like seventh three weeks ago 
or so. Mm-hmm. To now they've fallen outside the top 10 oh, okay. in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls are in 10th place, and the Pacers are right behind them. Um, oh, wow. And I think they went, they dropped below because they just lost today to uh, the Grizzlies, I believe. Right. Yeah, so it's it's been rough since the Halliburton injury for Indiana. Yeah, how long, I, is he, how long is he going to be out, Aaron? I think the last I heard, he's not going to play until February, so... Oh, we're gonna be okay. pretty precautious. Okay, well, he's a big player, so you want to take that seriously. Yeah. All right, so checking in on the five seven four in the NBA. So, Jaden Ivey showed up really big in the victory against the Brooklyn Nets. If you look at his box score, it doesn't look good, but I was kind of listening into some of the Pistons uh, beat guys or people that follow the team. And he scored the first 12 points in that game for the Pistons. He also had eight assists, and he really was showed some growth in setting up his teammates because he's playing the lead guard position right now. Uh, and he also helped his team win their first game in Brooklyn in five years, and they snapped a four-game losing streak with that win. So Ivy, if you look up his... Stats compared to other rookies, he leads the rookies in assists per game. So Ivy's showing his potential. It's not really translating to wins, but I mean, it's pretty hard for rookies to win in this league. And then Blake Wesley actually got called up on an assignment for the big San Antonio team. He got four minutes in Saturday's game against Phoenix. He got a couple shots up, grabbed two rebounds, but the game before. The first game back, he got a lot of minutes. He got 21 minutes in that one. He got six points, two rebounds, two two assists. So it seems like he's turned the corner with his rehab and his knee. So the Spurs are pretty crowded when it comes to guards. So um, I think the San Antonio is going to give him a shot because they obviously spent a first-round draft pick on him. Uh, Wesley, of course, has to work on shooting and turnovers being more uh, just being more efficient with the ball. He's averaging 38% from the field and 33% from three in the NBA games. I'm sorry, that's actually the G League. So, yeah, so it's it's exciting. You know, both guys are getting some playing time. Obviously, Ivy starting and kind of the leader of the team while Cade Cunningham is out this year. Will, any thoughts on the 5-7-4? You know, that's, that's really good news about Blake, and I'm so yeah. glad that he is turning that thing around and uh, that he's been given an opportunity to showcase his talents. I uh, just hope that he continues on his upward momentum swing that he's got going on. And, of course, Jaden Ivey doing Ivy stuff. Um, it's just excellent news for the 5-7-4 in the NBA. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for listening to the Will and Aaron Show. We appreciate it. Tune in next time as we discuss more local, college, and pro sports.